Talk Radio 96.7 says it's Friday. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. But the weekend can't start until we ask the preacher. Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church, located in North Lakeland. God had mercy on me, on me. God had mercy on me. Ask the Preacher. Here's John Freed. Hello, hello. Welcome to Ask the Preacher. This uh, Friday, what, what, what's today's date? The 9th. The 9th. June. June the 9th. It's amazing. We are, uh, we are in June. And uh, so, George, welcome into the studio again this week. Glad to have you here, George. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. I love being here on Fridays with all you beautiful people out there in Radioland. And hey, did you folks know that you too can be a part of radio history? You can join in on the conversation. You can ask a question, give a comment, either on topic or off topic, and we'll do our best to answer your questions. And you can do that by calling 863 682 1430. You can also go to askthepreacher.com and on askthepreacher.com, you can find the phone number in case you forget what it is. You can submit questions and we'll do our best to answer them on follow-up episodes. And you can also check out previous episodes um, of Ask the Preacher. So again, the phone number for you to join in, 863-682-1430. George, last week, um, you, as part of your business, PolkTechSolutions.com, um, you gave out to those who will, business owners, leaders in um, uh, organizations, that type of thing, um, a, a, a simple practice, a lesson that they could go to on your website, uh, find some, begin to identify some root causes of some problems potentially in their business, let's say. Um, you were giving that out for, for free, some class work that uh, your company does, so offering for free right now online. Uh, do you have a, a second segment coming out this weekend or a second course this weekend for anybody? We don't. Uh, uh, no, that's that's a great question, and we don't. However, since I you, really enjoyed the first. Since, I didn't know about it until you mentioned it on the air, and I went yeah. home and I did it that night. I was like, wow, this is really good. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Since you mentioned that, we will uh, we will make something available uh Starting today, it'll it'll be not only last week's uh, lesson, but but it'll be another one. So uh, if you folks want, uh, after this program, go to polktechsolutions.com and uh, you'll see a pop up to uh, show it'll, it'll show you these these two courses. Uh, so yeah, thanks for throwing that out there, and I'm glad you enjoyed the course and putting I me did. on the spot now. So now I gotta <laughs> make it work. Yeah, I gotta uh, get some messages out and get some things going. Appreciate that. No, it was really good. It uh, actually it um, it came to mind just now uh, because of a scripture that I wanted to open up with, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a phrase that I heard my daddy say. Uh, almost all of my life. I've heard him say it in the pulpit. I've heard him tell me as his son. I've heard him tell my sisters. I've heard him tell uh, people that have just uh, come to him for counsel and help. Um, and, and, you know, throughout the course of my 40, almost five years of existence, I have heard him make this phrase that I'll say in just a moment. <clears throat> and I have seen over the years, uh, I guess I'll say a diminishing fear in the church world of this idea. 
uh, they take this 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 statement, they take this concept, they take this principle less and less uh, important, less and less uh, with less and less value. Okay, here's here's the statement. In, I'm very intrigued now. <laughs> you should be. Dad used to always say, "Sin is the cause of the misery in your life." Sin is the cause of the misery in your life. I want to read a scripture out of Acts chapter 3, verse 26. Acts 3, 26. It says, Unto you, first God, having raised up his son, Jesus, sent him to bless you. Now, that's a, that's a lovely phrase. He sent him to bless you, but then it tells us a, 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 a how. He sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities and turning us away from our sins. Um, so when we talk about, uh, well, what was the purpose of, of Jesus coming? Why did God send Jesus? And uh, we can talk about, well, God sent Jesus to redeem mankind. God sent Jesus to uh, save the world. Well, to save the world from what? Uh, God sent Jesus to forgive everyone. Well, to forgive everyone from what? Um, and so this this scripture makes it makes it real simple that God sent Jesus to bless you in turning you away from your sins. One of the things that I have found, George, over the years is that the church world has made light of sin. Um, that it was just like, well, you know, it, it, it's all right. We've we no longer have clear lines of delineation between what is good and what is evil, what is righteous, what is unrighteous. Yet the Bible hasn't changed. It's how we how we've decided to interpret, if you will, uh, scriptures, and it, and it seems to me that as time goes on, um, many many people take take the scriptures and they move the lines in appeasing uh, in efforts to appease their own desires uh, to gratify themselves rather than to gratify God, mm-hmm. um, rather than to make God happy. In other words, we make the Bible about a way in which I can live my life um, the best way that I want to, as opposed to I will live my life the best way that God uh, wants me to. So uh, anyway, throwing throwing that out there, it might be a big old conversation for the day here, but I'll just read that verse again. God raised up, uh, God raised up Jesus. He sent him first to you to bless you by turning you away from your sins or from your iniquities, same, basically same thing. And so, uh, anyway, that that phrase again from my dad: "Sin is the cause of the misery in your life." Um, another thing I've heard my dad, and yeah, I quote my dad a lot. But he's a very huge influence in my life. Not only is he my father, uh, I am grateful to have been uh, to have grown up in my father's home with my father and with my mother. And that's becoming more and more rare in today's society. But uh, so I thank God for that blessing. It's a great blessing. So, uh, but he was my dad. He's you know he's my father, but he's also my spiritual father. He's been my pastor for all of these years uh, and a huge mentor in a variety of things in my life. Um, you you still learn from other people, but uh, so that phrase "sin is the cause of of the misery in your life" has been something that he said many many times over. Um, and another thing that he has said much. Matter of fact, uh, the other day he was preaching at church because he's preaching on Wednesday nights right now. And he said, if somebody were to say, just give me one statement, there's just, you, you only have time to give them one uh, phrase, one statement. What would be the most important phrase that you would tell me, Pastor Wayne? You know, And he says, I think I would tell you, avoid what you know is wrong and do what you know is right. 
Well, why? Because the, the Scripture gives us the idea that in, in so doing, it will bring you to God. Uh, it'll bring you to the Scriptures. You know, Jesus is the only way, but you'll end up finding Jesus who will end up in, introduce you uh, to the Father. So anyway, avoid what you know is wrong and do what you know is, is right. And that tags up with sin as the cause of the misery in your life. Yeah, that's a great revelation, a great phrase, a great understanding, and a, a great truth. And, you know, it's... Uh... I'm I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd, everybody, just so you're all aware. So I can't just let things lie. I always got to, you know, dig deeper into the why and the how. And the, I got to, my parents used to, to hate uh, when I would just tear everything apart. Eight, nine years old, I would dismantle every toy that I had. I would dismantle everything <laughs> in the house uh, to figure out how things worked. And, and so that, that's great. But can you define what sin is? And and that's kind of a question for all of us, because a lot of people have this idea of, you know, we, some people, I was going to say everybody, and then I was going to say most, but, but honestly, it's probably just some people nowadays know the Ten Commandments, maybe just a couple of them. But sin is defined for us in Scripture. Yes, it is. Now, I'm going to give you my own definition. Sure. And then we're going to take a break, because we've already hit that time, and it comes oh, so fast. Already? And when we come back, Jeez. we'll give some scriptural definitions of of sin, but I'm going to give what sin is like as opposed to a pure definition. Mm, okay. Um, some people might think sin would be like stabbing ourselves in the heart, but the reality is sin is more like stabbing God in the heart. Mm. Maybe we can talk more about it when we come back. You are listening to Ask the Preacher. Join in on the conversation, 863-682-1430. We'll see you in just a few moments. Now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's George and John. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in Radioland. John and I were both going to speak at the same time, but I deferred to his wisdom and beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Boy, you threw me off there. I didn't know. Oh, my gosh. Um, Hey, Radio people. Welcome. Welcome to the program. Thanks for listening today. Hey, we are, uh, we've, we've begun a discussion, uh, to some degree, we've begun a discussion about sin. We've begun a discussion um, about uh, the, re- the redemption that comes from Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, George, you and I were talking uh, um, before we came on the air uh, some about, you know, is it possible that God actually hates people? And the answer is absolutely yes. Um, in today's world, we don't necessarily like that. Society doesn't like that. Um, our our society, especially American society, fights real hard with this um, this this idea that everyone should be loved, and everyone and everything should be accepted. It's absolutely ungodly. Yeah, my least favorite phrase probably of all time, is my Jesus loves everyone. There's Uh, so much theologically and truthfully wrong with that statement. It drives me crazy, but as you were saying. (laughs) Yeah, so so all of of that um, comes down to this this idea, basically, of uh, society dictating what the godly life looks like rather than God dictating what the godly life looks yeah. like. Let's use different terminology. Uh, society deciding what Christianity is rather than God deciding what Christianity is. 
um, let's use a different terminology, society decide, deciding what morality is rather than God deciding what morality is. Let's take is. it one more. Society trying to define what love is <sighs> instead of looking at he who is love. Yeah. Okay. So I was if I was finishing your phrase in my head and uh, and saying if I if I followed it how I was saying it would say rather than let letting God define uh, what love is. Yeah. And interesting enough, God is love. So it would be asking love to define what love is. Don't you think that love should be the one who gets to define what love is? If if you were to say, well, who are you? Don't you get to be the one who decides who you are if you are pure and righteous and holy as God? So God, being love, gets to define what love is, and and then he did, actually. Mm-hmm. He actually defined, not only did he define, but he demonstrated what love is, and it's found in the Bible. My goodness, it's so clear, yet society totally totally blends, totally warps, totally perverts uh, that's a that's a perfect phrase in today's society. It totally perverts yep. what what love well, what and, love is. And, and and you know the reason they do that is because there's no truth in their mind. Everything is, is relevant, and they abandon truth. And I'm going to use a different term. Maybe you'll agree with this. Uh, I I think most of them recognize there is a truth. They just deny the truth. And the scripture tells us yeah. they have denied the, the the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Or they try to uh, convince themselves that they are the arbiter and the author of truth. Uh, so yes, they deny the capital T H E the truth and try to come up with their own. And um, yeah, that whole love is love, and you know my Jesus loves everyone. Look, the reality is is. If you're going to talk about what love is, you should probably define it, which is difficult with some people because nowadays people can't even define what I thought we all knew were, were terms <laughs> what like woman what is. a woman is. <laughs> so to, to some extent, people who um, subvert and destroy common language and argue semantics just for the sake of, of arguing and, and being belligerent, uh, to some extent you can't really – reason with those people and and you can't have conversation but to those who are still speaking english um and and using right terminology let's define what love is if, if we're gonna you know talk about it and, and say well if god does love everybody well what is love so so under uh, ha- having having that settled to, uh, and we'll we'll just agree and assume everybody in radio land agrees that god gets to define the terms um who gets to define what sin is do we, or does God? No, I, I, obviously God does, and he does <laughs> yeah. do so in First John. Yes. Uh, he says straight up that, that uh, sin, sin is the transgression, transgression. of the law. So uh, to, to sin, as kind of going back to what we were talking about before the break, uh, it is violating his law. And uh, I don't know how far down this rabbit hole you want to go, John. We, we were talking in the break, you know, well, what does that really mean? So if, if sin is transgression of the law, on one sense, the very basic, as I like to define things, you know, don't, don't change terms. If it's defined, it's defined. You know, any violation of the law, whether minor or major, uh, whether slightly violating the law or completely violating the law, it's still 
by definition, a sin. It it's is still, yeah. it's violation. Now, I, I always like to throw in the middle of this because um, I hear people say all the time, sin is sin. And I would agree, sin is sin. But then they'll go one step further, or they may have meant this when they said the first phrase. They say all sin is the same. To that, I would disagree because the Scripture gives yeah. uh, uh, all sorts of different, so to speak, punishment uh, for various sins. However, Romans is very clear, the wages of sin is death. All sin leads to death. Or you could, you could say all sin leads to destruction, um, but when it says death, it means it means death. <laughs> the wages of sin is death. So, uh, But all sin is not exactly the same, but all sin is death. Sin. By the way, it's it's First John three, chapter three, verse four, mm-hmm. that that says uh, anyone who sins also transgression transgresses the law. Uh, for sin is the transgression of the law. First uh, John is the, the whole the whole book. There, it's not a very long book. Second John and Third John get even shorter, but um, but First John is is uh, is rather powerful when it talks about uh, sin and and having an advocate. With God through Jesus, the the forgiveness and and what do we do uh, in in calling upon Jesus to to forgive us of our sin? Um, you know, should we say that I have no sin because I've just automatically been forgiven? No, absolutely, you deceive yourself. Um, you know, and and so it talks about all of that. So many wrestle points that are in today's Christian world. Um, and, and even outside of the world, people who wouldn't call themselves Christians necessarily, but have some level, uh, have enough knowledge to really get hurt um, as to know that Jesus died for their sins. And, and they just think that, well, if, if Jesus, I literally had somebody tell me not long ago, standing in front of the abortion clinic, which I go down there often and, and protest against abortion. Um, they said, well, shouldn't people get an abortion so that the forgiveness the, what, the blood of Jesus would not be spilt in vain. And so you know what that reminds me of? Romans chapter 6. Should we sin so that grace would, would not be wasted? My paraphrase. And, and then Paul goes on and says, absolutely, God forbid that happen. Sin is the cause of the misery in your life. Uh, yes, Jesus redeemed us from sin, not to stay in it, but to be out of it to live in him, for him, uh, to live under the, the protection of his spirit and of his love and of his law. And when you, when you come there, when you find yourself in that place, it's a much safer place to be. It actually produces happiness on, on the inside. People think that, that following the law of God would produce uh, misery and constraint, but it actually produces protection right and, and joy on the inside. Right on. Good word. Hey, folks, we got to take a quick break, but we will be back. You are listening to Ask the Preacher. Join in on the conversation, 863-682-1430. We'll see you in just a few moments. This is Talk Radio 96.7. Ask the Preacher is coming back in just a few minutes. Kim Commando is next with her Digital Minute. We'll hear an update from Fox Business and check our traffic and weather together. It's 5.30. Now, let's get back to the second half of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher program, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church in North Lakeland. Here's John and George. Welcome back to the program, everybody. I uh, hope you are um, catching something good on your drive home today and not a lot of bad traffic. Did you miss us? We were gone for a few minutes, and I know... (laughs) 
It was devastating. <laughs> but we're back. And the good news is you can join in on the conversation, 863-682-1430. At the beginning of the program, John put me on the spot and uh, grac- graciously mentioned our uh, <laughs> my business's website and, and said that you folks could could get some free information there, which we had not available. But now we do. So here's what I want you to do. Go to polktechsolutions.com. Is that what you were doing on your phone while we were talking over the last half hour? I had to send messages. Making yes. this happen. Huh? Pol- polktechsolutions.com wow. slash courses. That's pretty good. You made that so open up that fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, when you put me on the spot, yeah. sweating bullets no, that's over just here. just evidence of how, how good you are with, with, with what you do. Okay, I interrupted you. Polk. TechSolutions.com slash, slash courses. We have not only the course that was available last week, uh, the problem tree, but we also have one called Branding Visualized. So if you want to understand what branding is and how it can help your organization, check that out. It'll hopefully be beneficial to you. Okay, so George, some of our conversation uh, so far has uh, stemmed around uh, sin. What is it? Uh, why is it bad? Uh, we haven't really talked uh, on that respect so far. Uh, what what makes sin sin bad? What's what's so what's the problem with doing uh, these things that the Bible says is is bad? I don't think they're bad. So what makes them bad? You know, that, that I can see that's somebody's argument there. Um, and and so uh, I, I how how do, how do you how do you tell somebody who doesn't believe the scriptures that their sinful activity is bringing destruction to their life and ultimately to their soul at the at the end of their time. Well, logically, you can't. Logically, you you can't do that, and here's why: because uh, if sin feels good, uh, if sin is my truth, then it isn't bad, and you can't make that logical argument because the Bible says the God of this world has blinded people. So. Honestly, uh, what you do is you you just give them the word. Jesus did it one of two ways. To those who were prideful, well, sin isn't bad. He gave them the law. He pointed out how truly sinful they are and then ultimately showed them, look, this is what's going to happen. He bypassed their logic and went right to their conscience. And those who were already humbled, he gave them grace and mercy and showed them that in the law there is also grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Jesus himself is the law, and he is the very nature of the law, or maybe better phrase, the law is his nature. Uh, so, so that's how you do it. I mean, you, you just show them the law. Let the law, as as Paul writes it, be the schoolmaster. Let the law be the mirror. And you know, in my opinion, this is where I differ from a lot of whatever you want to call it, evangelical Christians, Western Reformed, Puritan, whatever. Uh, I, I personally put a lot of emphasis on the law. I think a lot of the problems that we do have is not just sin, but it's a lack of the knowledge of the law. Because well, the lack if, of if, the knowledge of the law causes us to fall in sin unknowingly. Right, right. Because if sin is the transgression of the law, you better know what the law is to avoid sin and avoid those problems. And of course, here on earth... Yeah, ignorance is not innocence of law. Oh, not at all. I mean, it kind of give a, a rough analogy. Arsenic is a very sweet poison. It tastes good. In fact, apple seeds have uh, arsenic in it. Uh, and and really? yeah yeah and uh, so it it tastes good um, but enough of it will kill you. Sin is the same way and you know interestingly about sin is uh, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. But when, when you said earlier in Romans six that sin causes death, it is the payment, it's the wages. Um, what people don't realize is 
it's the curse of breaking the law is sin. It's, it's death, right? It's poverty, it's sickness, sickness, and, and, and death. death. Yeah. And that death is a physical death. You will physically die. You will. Everybody gets physically sick. And at some point, everybody, uh, unless you're the extreme rare exception of the rule who was just born into, you know, legacy wealth of, of some kind, you'll deal with bouts of poverty. It's just a reality because we've all violated God's law. And, and so you can point out that because of people's selfishness, because of their violating law, it leads to all of the tragedies in the world. And you could point all of those out logically and numerously to people, but ultimately until it becomes a revelation to them, unless the Spirit calls them, as the Bible says, uh, it, it's, it's not going to really strike a chord with them. So our job, in my opinion, is to preach the law, to preach the, the gospel. And the gospel isn't just that Jesus saves you, it's that he saves you from the curse of the law. He saves you from your whole identity being mm-hmm. lawlessness and now gives you a new identity of him his identity, and he never violated the law. So that's what the, the gospel really is, and, and that's what the good news is, and that's what we're to preach. The, the gospel brings uh, the, the changing of a heart, uh, the change of an identity. That it's, the, it's not just, just the change of my trajectory, yeah. uh, not just the change of my direction uh, or which, who I'm looking at and where I'm pointed to. Uh, it does that as well, but it changes the person. Uh, we become. That's why the, the the real phrase is to be born again. Mm-hmm. Um, the old man is dead, yep. and now new life has come. Um, you know that's a that's a misconception in Christianity, and we said it uh, a, a little earlier in, in other other ways. Um, but it's not that I can live my life the way that I want to live my life and be happy about it. Uh, it's the way for me to live my life how God wants me to live my life and make him happy about it. Now, in return, I'll be happy about it too. Uh, here, here's another phrase that my dad uh, has, has said many times over. Um, he, he, to make it conversational, he said, you know what the will of God is? You know, I don't mean a biblical definition, but just, just you know, what is the will of God? Well, the will of God is what you would do. If you had all of the facts, if you could look at every last detail and have perfect wisdom and understanding how to divide those details and put them in proper order so that you would have the absolute best outcome, that would be equal to the will of God. You know, he sees all of those things. The will of God is what you would do if you had absolutely all the facts. Uh, so I, I, I relate that to this. Our, our life in Christ and even our life outside of Christ, that's maybe getting into a different conversation, but um, our life in, in Christ is about Christ. It's about God. It's not about me. It's not about what I can obtain, uh, how, how I can be happy, but it's about pleasing my Creator, pleasing my Savior, making Him my Lord. He's my boss. Uh, I follow His commands, His will. And I'm glad you said that last phrase because I was, I was, you know, one of the things that's interesting about Revelation, lots of people... Uh, Revelation is in the book of the Bible or Revelation is... Revelation in the book of the Bible. Lots okay. of people like to, to study it. Some people are afraid of it, you know, oh, end times and all that. And it's a, it's a hot topic nowadays. One of my favorite things in the book of Revelation, one of my favorite verses is how it explains that a true follower is one who keeps the testimony of Jesus Christ and the commandments of God. 
It is twofold. You can't just keep the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's equivalent to, to somebody saying, well, my Jesus loves everybody, including people who identify with their sin, instead of identifying with the biblical Jesus, who is mm-hmm. sinless, never violated the law. So it's, it's not just that you keep the testimony, you also obey the commandments of God. And so I, Well, I wanna... Jesus said very plainly himself, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's right. That's exactly right. And so I wanted to ask you, uh, and, and maybe we, we talk about this a little bit after um, the upcoming break, maybe you can do it in the next 30 seconds or so, okay. but is it possible, you said, we're identified in Christ, we live to serve him, we live as he is our Lord— is it possible to do that without following the commandments directly? Uh, I don't know that I quite understand the question. So at, on, the, on the surface level here, at, before any, any explanation, uh, is it possible to follow Jesus without following the commandments? Is that basically yeah, what, yeah, you, what you correct. said? Yeah. I, I, would, I would have to say no, but uh, this might be a trick question. Uh, so it's I not guess your question. It's just a question. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see how. I, I don't see if it, um, to to not follow the commandments to murder and and to say I'm a follower of of Jesus, but yet I, I murder. I'm a follower of Jesus, but yet I lie. Uh, now we can we can expound on that when we come back. I'm a follower of of Jesus, but yet I covet my neighbor's uh, wife. You know, I I want her rather than my own, or I want his possession. You know, not mine. Um, to, to be a follower of Jesus, but not to love the Lord my God with all my heart and soul and mind, and number two, my neighbor as myself. I don't think it's possible to follow Jesus and not follow the commandments, if I can just say it that way. Um, uh, but before we go to the break, I, I'll, I'll give a, a, a slight step back and say, I don't think you can follow, at least I'll say this, you, can't, you won't be following Jesus for long without also following his commandments. Um, I'll I'll give an analogy when we come back from from the break. Hey, folks, you are listening to Ask the Preacher. Join in on the conversation, 863-682-1430. We'll see you in just a few moments. Now, the fourth and final segment of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher program, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship. Here's George and John. Welcome back to the program, all you beautiful people out there in Radioland. It is great to have you. We are getting ready to wrap up our fourth yeah, only a few and minutes left. final segment of the program. But hey, while we're gone, until next week, you can check out askthepreacher.com. You can submit questions, check out previous episodes there. You can also check out believersfellowship.com and join us on Sunday for our service and get some announcements there as well. Yeah, you can join us uh, for service online uh, via the live stream or come in person. Of course, the website will tell you how to do uh, any of those, so believersfellowship.com. And uh, lastly, George, um, I think you actually are coming uh, into the church studio uh, Tuesday, and we're recording a podcast. Uh, So um, we have never announced this on the radio yet, but we have a, a, a new uh, church Believers Fellowship Church podcast called Beyond the Sermon. Where can people find that? They can go to any place where podcasts can be found uh, and just search for Beyond the Sermon. So uh, actually, what's 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 crazy, I was like really excited about this, on Apple Podcasts, we actually show up, if you type in Beyond the Sermon podcast, we actually show up number one. 
um, right at the top oh, of the list. So yeah, cool. yeah, right on. So it is also on YouTube, but if for podcasts, and you can go to any place where where podcasts can be found beyond the sermon, um, and uh, so and, and find our new podcast. Well, just before the break, um, John, I asked you a question: Can you follow Jesus without following the law or keeping His law? And you you were were going to give us a, an example, an analogy, if if you want to provide that for us and. Yeah, um, uh, let, let me let me give something from from scripture first. Um, Jesus said to his disciples as he's walking down the beach. He said to Peter, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." And I'm just going to underscore that mm. term, "make," uh, and under, understanding the progressive, so to speak, nature of that uh, progress. Uh, that um, you know, this is not an instant thing necessarily. So I'm also going to throw in the idea of sanctification, uh, and I'm going to say this, and hopefully people can understand this easily enough. Sanctification being threefold uh, or three progressions. There's an instantaneous part of salvation. When I become born again, my in, inner man, I am born again. I am brand new. Everything has become new. Old things are passed away. Right? First Corinthians five seventeen. Um, however. The Word and the Holy Spirit is working in me, perfecting me, growing me up, making me more and more like Christ as I dive into Him and as He pours into me, right? So making me more and more like Him. And then there is a time coming which I will I will then and you will then receive another layer or level, if you will, of sanctification. We'll be completely Redeemed. We won't have this carnal, fleshly body, which is prone to sinful acts. You know. So uh, anyway, so so that is a, a progression. Uh, but the specific question of can I follow Jesus without following the law? And some, uh, well, I, I and I answered, well, no, I don't see how you can. But then I said, I'll take a step back and I'll say, I, you can't follow Jesus for long without following the law. And here's what I mean by that: somebody gets born again. Jesus comes into their life. Man, the sky is is crisp and clean, and I'm so happy. Oh, life is brand new. Oh, I just love Jesus so much, and he loves me, and this is just a wonderful new life in Christ. Now, you've become a new person, but you might still have the old habits, whatever those habits might have been. You might, you might still have those things that are in relationship with sin that still have their their little sand spur tentacles on you to try to pull you down. And so you're walking along with Jesus and it's just wonderful. And you're on this journey and here you go and you're skipping and whistling and just having a great time with Jesus. And and Jesus turns to you and says, John, I love you and I love walking with you. And I know you love me, but if you love walking with me, that thing, whatever it is, that's in your life, that can't go any farther with us. That's mm. got to stay. And so Jesus turns and begins to walk, and you have to choose. Am I going to follow him? Because this, what he just said, I have to leave behind, can't go at this next part of this journey. So I have to choose life, which is Jesus, or death, which is sin, which is this thing that he identified, that it has to stay. So could I have followed Jesus uh, maybe for a period of time, but in my pursuit, in my walk, in my journey, in my following of Jesus, uh, the the law, the word begins to, to be evident to me to say, whoa, I can't proceed with him while still having this. This thing over here has got to go in order for me to go on 
with him. So uh, I, I hope that's a nice uh, analogy of, uh, uh, I don't mean nice as in it sits well in our fancy. I don't care whether it ruffles feathers <laughs> or whether it makes people comfortable. It offended I, me. Yeah, no, no, I, I think, think it's, it's a, great. a truthful I, way of looking at it. I think it was a, a great uh, example or an explanation. And, you know, it, it, for me, it is kind of a check because uh, everybody's at a different level. You know, you, you, he's may, he may have asked you to give up one thing and now you're on thing number two. So it really makes me check myself and say, am I continuing to crucify myself to continue, to oh, continue wow. picking up my cross daily, pick up my cross and follow him? And I, I, that's something that we should the all Scripture examine. says if we continue in him, then are we his disciples. Amen. Indeed. Right I want to read uh, a scripture right before we go. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. It's a hard scripture. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What does that mean? Uh, we're talking about sin, and some people say, well, this is not bad. And you know, Well, who gets to define that? God defines what is righteous and what is unrighteous, what is sin and what is not. And when we take something that God says is good and we call it bad, or when we take something that God says is bad and we say it's good, uh, the wrath of God is poured out on those people. That's not a good place to be. Well, folks, you've been listening to Ask the Preacher. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you at askthepreacher.com. See you next week.